Hi, and welcome back to What Would You Do? Respiratory Edition. I'm Brenna Conzer, and I'm here today with my co-star Rachel Green. Hi, everyone. Rachel is an amazing physician, and I've been lucky to work with her for the past five years on helping patients. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. It's an honor to be on your podcast today. Now, last episode, we talked about a kid who had been in a severe accident, and how I, as a respiratory therapist, could help. If you haven't seen that episode, you can check it out in the links below. Truly an amazing recovery story. Now, as a respiratory therapist, I interview and examine patients with breathing or cardiopulmonary disorders. In other words, I just take care of patients who have trouble breathing. I perform oxygen therapy, breathing treatments, humidity oral therapy, pulmonary drainage procedures, medical venetricals, cardiopulmonary resurrections, diagnostic tests such as measuring lung capacity, and a whole bunch of other words that are just really hard to pronounce. But most respiratory therapists don't work alone all the time. Sometimes I get to consult with Rachel and other physicians to help get the best patient treatment plans out there. We both need to be compassionate, detail-oriented, have impersonal skills, patients, problem-solving skills, and a good background in science and math. Overall, we need to do a lot, but it ensures that our patients get the best care possible, so it's all worth it. Now that our wonderful introductions are over, let's get started with what our podcast is really about. Today we're going to talk about a girl named Grace. That's not her real name, but because of HIPAA, we're just going to call her that. Now this girl, she's 12, 70 pounds, small girl. She comes in because she's been having coughing fits for the past six days. And her mom's all nervous because her daughter hasn't been participating in gym and is having trouble lasting in her entire ballet classes without feeling tired or starting to cough. Dang, I wouldn't be in gym either if I was coughing up a storm. Poor little girl. I know, I wouldn't be in gym either. But something to consider is that her case history records reports five upper respiratory infections and associated coughing in the past 18 months. Now, as a respiratory therapist, that's something that concerns me. No, I agree. Something is obviously happening in the girl's diaphragm and lungs. Well, Rachel, you're correct, because her pulse OX came out to 91%. For those of you who don't know, normal oxygen levels are at least 95%. Some patients with chronic lung disease or sleep apnea can have normal levels around 90%. But if it's less than 95, call your doctor right away. Now, Rachel, what are you thinking this girl has? If she was a patient of mine, I would definitely start considering asthma or a type of chronic lung disease. I was seeing the same thing, and so were her doctors, because she was then asked to measure her peak expiratory flow rate using a peak flow meter for one week. For those of you who don't know, a peak flow meter is a simple device used to monitor how you open your airways. All your patient has to do is blow into the device as hard as he or she can, and it records the data for you. Now, when the results came in, it's as all we expected. Her worst days were when she did some sort of activity that required her lungs to work a little harder than just a regular breathing pace. This girl most likely has asthma, and I'm assuming they gave her an inhaler as a rescue medication for when she started wheezing and coughing. They did, and by monitoring Grace's response to the medication, they can determine if she has asthma. If the medication isn't working, then she doesn't have asthma. And if her symptoms improve because of the medication, they can make a clinical diagnosis of, of asthma. Her doctor is doing everything I would have done. I feel the same way. It says here when she was having a wheezing fit in gym, she used an inhaler that was provided to her and felt almost immediate improvement. But what did her clinical test results show? Well, her FEV1 was measured at 97%. And after administration of abril 
a short-acting bronchodilator, her FEV1 was measured again at 93%. This response indicates that the impairment is reversible, meaning that by giving Rachel the inhaler, her FEV1 percentage increased back into the normal healthy range and her symptoms substantially decreased. So she does have an abdominal. Yes, you knew from the beginning. Now, Rachel, for any of our listeners out there, do you mind telling us what you would recommend and treatments or advice you could give to patients like Grace? I would recommend a long-term control medication such as an inhaled corticosteroid. These, these are the most important medications used to keep asthma under control. Patients like Grace should also identify and avoid their triggers that lead to asthma attacks, such as wheezing fits and difficulty breathing. Wow, Rachel, I wouldn't have said it better myself. Well, that's it for today's podcast on 